Hey Steve, back in 2006, you told me you had a, a heart attack due to stress, is that right? I did, 2006 was a big change. Yeah. Time to make, start making some changes. What was going on in your life at the time? A lot of stress, um, a lot of things going on at work. Uh, really, really busy. So a lot of goals to try to meet for him, my employer and, and uh, just built up over time. And uh, it was eating me alive. I had become quick-tempered and, and I would wake up at night and I would worry. What, what was your schedule like at that time, pretty much? Um, you've heard of it, candy cane. <laughs> it was before everybody got there, I was there, and I was the last one to leave. So uh, pretty much the weight of, of the whole uh, dealership at that time was, was you know, I had goals to make, and I, I liked to make them. You know, but it was eating me alive. Building up inside, and um, you know that—that's uh, high blood pressure, heart disease. So I got all fixed up with five bypasses Child. at the age of 43. You know what caused you to change? My wife asked me. She said, "Just give me one day." I said, "Okay, which one?" And she said, "Sunday." And I said, "I'll go along with that." Uh, I went to a few churches, met some good people. Um, and a friend of mine, Tom Bernard, invited me to Centerpoint, and I went, and it was different. Um, it was great. Steve, which, how's your life different now than it was 10 years ago? I mean, I know you go to church now. What else, what else is different? Oh, I pray a lot. Uh, every day my relationship grows with the Lord. 10 years ago, I, I didn't read the Bible. Uh, now it's a daily part of my life. I'd heard John say many, many times, I said, you're not very good at that trolling motor driving. I'm not. Um, anyway. Uh, I'm going to get us in the bushes before it's all said and done. Um, John had said more than once, yeah, if you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Because it's all in God's hands anyway. And I tried that, you know. And, and I tell you what made it easy. I look back and over the years, the things that I worried about, Stressing over, that didn't fix any of them. You know, if you're going to trust, trust. And if you're not, then keep on trying to change it yourself. And you really took that to heart, huh? Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's a constant battle because I find myself worrying about something, but give it back. So, Steve, how's your life different now than it was back then? Uh, the... Guys can film that. Oh no! <laughs> it's if up you, in the tree. Oh, I mean, it's up no. in the tree. We got a Oh, you got. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, there's a stress reliever right there. Okay, hey. Uh, yeah, you can applaud that. Um, you know, when you're having five bypasses in your early 40s and other things, and saying, "Hey, that's the way we want to go." No, I mean, most of us would say. Hey, we run out of week long before we run out of things we need to get done. We run out of money long before we get everything paid off. We run out of time long before we ever get around to the things that need to be said in relationships. Well, if you've lived in a world like that, and we all do, then today I've got a message for you about overcoming stress. Would you pray with me, please? 
Lord, I thank you that we have your word. It's our guide in all matters in faith and practice. And Lord, you've given us some wonderful um, instructions on how to overcome stress in our world. The only question is whether we're going to listen. So I pray, Lord, that you would speak and move me out of the way and remind us of how you want us to live. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you need a pen to fill out your outline, your outline is inside your bulletin. It just says overcoming stress. It's part of a series on overcoming. Talking about overcoming anger, overcoming stress, overcoming lust, overcoming fear of failure, overcoming fear of tomorrow. All these things, are, they're all coming up. And this is going to be a great series, and I hope you take some notes today. Stress, by the way, point one in your outline. Many of us live stressed out lives. That's just true. I mean, you can look around. That's just... Uh, that's just the world in which we live, but stress is a state of mental tension or emotional strain caused by adverse circumstances. Circumstances. And this is going to tip my hand already. If you and I allow our circumstances to drive our state of mind, to if we allow our circumstances to determine our emotional state, well, circumstances are going to go up and down, and we're always going from one problem to the next. Uh, the scripture doesn't run away from this, by the way. Job 9.25 See if some of these Old Testament passages talk about uh, stress. These are Bible times, okay? My days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. All are, That was uh, Job 9.25, Psalm 39.6. All are busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. Job 3.26, I have no peace. I have no quiet. I have no rest. And trouble just keeps coming. That sounds like Facebook. Okay, right there. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Old Testament. Goodness sakes. Well, these are, so the Bible knows about this. God knows about this. He does. And today we're going to talk about some things we can do to overcome lives that are just filled with stress. First of all, it's important to remind ourselves, God does not, does not want us to live stressed out lives. God does not. It's not okay to say, well, you know, I'm just a stressed out person. That's okay. That's just the way I am. Well, let's stop being that way. That's not good. God doesn't want that. Psalm 127.2, it's useless for you to work so hard from early morning to late at night, anxiously working for uh, food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Would you please underline God gives rest to his loved ones? Now, he's not going to give rest to his loved ones if his loved ones won't listen to anything he says. I'm going to do just the opposite. Don't hear that. That's not a magic bullet. But if we follow his directions on this, we're going to be able to have rest. That's God's desire. Another time when Jesus and his disciples were traveling, as they uh, were on their way, they came to a village, this is from Luke 10, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, why don't, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what's better. It will not be taken away from her. I mean, Martha was worried about all that needed to be done. And it was even for a good cause. It was, she was preparing stuff for Jesus and his disciples. I mean, she was making it comfortable for them. A good dinner, and a nice evening. But that wasn't the most important thing. And the God of heaven was standing in her living room. And her sister, Mary, had realized that. And said, Martha, your priorities are out of whack. Now, again, 
I mean, this is where we're going to end up today. It's like, we've got to talk about priorities and we've got to say, hey, are the circumstances going to be our priority? And just meeting whatever new fad or whatever new craze or whatever new demand comes along, are we going to constantly be in reaction mode where we're just responding to every crisis and that determines my emotional state or my mental well-being? Well, then stress is how I'm going to live. Or am I going to sit at the feet of Jesus? See, that's point two. The first thing we need to do is come to realization we can overcome stress through a personal relationship with Jesus. In case you missed it, because he knows what's most important. That's why. I mean, Jesus didn't pretend we lived in a uh, berries and cream world that if you have, uh, you know, if you follow God, if you if you're trying to honor him, then everything in your life will be smooth sailing, no problems. That's not, what, that's not the way Jesus talked. John 16, 33, the night before he was crucified, here's what Jesus said. He had told his disciples he'd be crucified. He told them he would rise again. He told them he would send the Holy Spirit to them. He told them he's preparing a place for them in heaven. And he said, I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. Please circle, in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. Take heart, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I mean, we put our faith in Jesus because he's stronger. Stronger than what? Than any problem we can face. He knows the future. I don't. Neither do you. He knows my blind spots. And there are many. And he's willing to work with me in spite of my failings and fears. In spite of all the weaknesses that I have. He loves me, and he'll guide me, and he'll strengthen me. But am I going to put my confidence in him or in my circumstances? Because in this world, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. The peace is in me. Jesus also said something really interesting here in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Another word to circle in that passage is yoke. This has nothing to do with eggs, okay? This kind of yoke would be represented by this. Now, this is just symbolic. I just made this from an old two-by-four that I had laying around and some rope. But a yoke would work pretty much like this. A yoke is a wooden beam that connects two animals together so they can work together to pull a load. Could be a plow, could be a wagon, just with a hitch attached here to the wooden beam. This is what a yoke is. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, Jesus is in the yoke with us. And he's saying, put my yoke upon you. I'm the one who knows how fast we need to pull. I'm the one who knows when we need to stop and rest. I'm the one who, needs, who knows when we need to turn right. I'm the one who, need, who knows when we need to turn left. I'm the one who, need, who knows when it's time to step on it and work harder. But see, if we don't have his yoke, then I'm going to depend on circumstances or maybe upon finances or upon who knows what, expectations of others. And if every other mom is doing this, then I have to do this. If every other dad is doing this, I have to do this. i got to keep up with the Joneses. Who knows? Jesus says, hey, if you are worn out, well, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. I mean, compared to the stuff you're going to try to do on your own, and you don't even know where you're going. And you're going to see this all throughout the scriptures that are coming up the rest of the morning. We're going to give you lots of practical steps on this. question is, do I want to be bound to Jesus? Do I want to let him lead? 
Or am I going to try to go it on my own? Go it on my own, there's going to be stress because I don't know where I'm going. And neither do you. David figured this out. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He liked being yoked to God. He said, look, one of the great comforts to me is, even if I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. I'm yoked to the Lord. He'll protect me. If we need to hurry, we'll hurry. If we need to stop, we'll stop. If we need to turn, we'll turn. And I'll know the right way because I'm yoked to him. He'll guide me along the best pathway for my life. Do you love God that way? Do you depend on God that way? Do I? Well, that's the first step to finding peace in this world and getting rid of stress. Point three, if you open your outline, is another thing we need to do to overcome stress is we need to build margin in our lives. We need to build margin. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before. I talk about it at least once a year because this is something we need to get, be reminded of. I had somebody tell me that, I think I've heard you talk about that once before. I said, well, I've actually talked about it seven times before, but that's okay, you know, just need to up your attendance. Okay, anyway, um, no, <laughs> yeah, guilt is always a good thing to remind people why. Okay, no, um, the whole idea is if I'm going to find peace and joy in my life, I need to find margin. Well, what do I mean margin in it? What do I, how do I define margin? Well, that's the difference between my load and my limit. My load and my limit. In the area of uh, my time, I've got 24 hours a day. I need to sleep, part of that. I've got bills to pay, grass to cut. I've got kids to raise. I've got all these things. Well, I've got things on my schedule, okay, that all have to be done. So if I keep loading on more and more commitments, eventually I'm going to get to the place where my load and my limit are right here. No margin. You understand when stress comes, when stress comes is when I'm living this way because now somebody asks me for help and I say I want to help them. Well, the only way I'm going to be able to help them is if I default on some other commitment I've already made because I've got no more room. And now I'm stressed because I'm going to make somebody mad because I can't honor everything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How's it work in finances? Well, you understand this. If I have a load where every single dollar of my paycheck is spent before I ever get it, well, that's fine if the dog never gets sick and the car never breaks down, the refrigerator never goes out for the next 25 years, we're set. The problem is the dog's going to get sick and the refrigerator's going to go out and the car's going to break down. But there's no margin. No emergency fund, nothing. So now I have to wipe the, take the plastic, swipe the plastic. Now I'm running up debt that I don't know how I'm going to pay because there's no margin. And it just keeps growing. This happens all the time, everywhere in our culture. We have no margin. We live marginless lives. And it just brings tons of stress. Because there's no difference between our load and our limit. So I want to give you five things we can do to create margin in our lives. To help free us up. First of all, we can spend daily time with God. Now this is how these two things fit together. And I don't want us to miss it here. Again, look, if I'm spending daily time with God, that means I'm spending time with him before my day starts. So I'm asking him for direction. Hey, Lord, before my week starts, before my day starts, I, I want to know what to do. 
And so it starts with surrender. It starts with Jesus said, hey, take my yoke upon you. This is an act I have to do every day. And not just once in the morning, but all throughout the day. Take his yoke upon me and say, am I surrendered to what God wants me to do? Seek the kingdom of God above all else, Jesus said. Live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble has enough for today. Well, yeah, but am I surrendered to that? Well, this includes reading my Bible. This includes uh, spending time in prayer. This includes spending time with my calendar and laying it out before the Lord. I surrender my life, and then I listen. See, if I read the Bible each day, you'd be amazed if you aren't doing this, how many times God will speak to you. When I just take this yoke and say, God, do you have a word for me today? I'm stunned sometimes where I'm reading it. It's as if it's like somebody's looking over my shoulder and told me, turn to this passage. You're not going to believe this. This is exactly what you need for today. Can anybody else verify this? Yeah. So we listen and then we pray. We pray about what we just heard. Lord, I just heard this from you. If it's about patience, then Lord, help me be patient. If I need to get going, then Lord, pull, pull with me. Help me carry the load. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, will, I won't be afraid. Afraid? I'm yoked to Jesus. All I have to do is the last bullet point there, obey. But will I surrender? I mean, now you know why we're such sticklers about people reading the Bible here. Why we bring that up over and over and over again. If we do this every day, God will give us a little bit of direction every day. And that's what I need. That's what you need. It's a personal relationship. And then I don't have to be afraid. And I don't have to live a stressed out life. Point B, we can get enough rest. We can get enough rest. Bullet point number one, we can go to bed on time and we can get up on time so we can stay unrushed. You know, if I'm going to surrender my life to God and I'm going to have margin in my life, well, I'm not going to have time to do any of this listening and other things if I don't get up on time. Most of us need some time early in the morning if I'm going to ever have time. Well, that means I got to get to bed on time. But man, oh man, I want to see Michael Phelps get another gold medal. How about you? Okay. And they always put that race on like at 11 o'clock at night. You know, it's going to run to 11. They show that one at 10:58. And I know I got to get up early, but I just got to see one more thing. And after the Olympics is over, it'll be something else. When am I going to say enough? I got to get to bed on time so I can get up on time. So I got some time in the morning where I can make sure I'm strapped in with God. Where I can pray about my day. Because otherwise it's going to, everything's going to come rushing at me and I won't be ready for it. And I'm going to live a stressed out life. Finally, the third bullet point there is we can have a weekly Sabbath. I mean, this is in scripture all over the place. A Sabbath day. Deuteronomy 5, Moses reminded the Israelites why this was such a big deal for them. He said, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That's why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. For hundreds of years, generation after generation, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather, they never had a day off. They never had a day of rest. They were slaves. Now God set you free and he wants you to take a day of rest because you're his children. He didn't create working machines. And we're not working machines either. 
And are we going to do that? I mean, see how it ties together? If I spend time with God and his word, well, then I'm going to have peace. I mean, what does margin look like? Margin looks like peace. If I spend time obeying God's word, which tells me to have a day of rest, a Sabbath rest, well, I'm going to have health. But if I say, no, I'm not going to do that, I don't, I don't want to be bound to some commands in an ancient book like the Bible. I know better. So I'm going to load my whole week full, and then everything I didn't get done the rest of the week, even on Sunday, I'm going to stack that full so I can hit the ground money on Monday morning with an empty tank. That'll get it. Because the Bible, pff, how ridiculous. Who needs rest? We do. And God knows that because he made us. Will you and I surrender to that? See, that's part of being yoked to God. In the yoke with Jesus. In the yoke with Jesus means we're going to have a Sabbath day. In the yoke with Jesus means we're going to get enough rest. That way, I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to have health. And so will you. Point uh, C, we can prune our schedules. This is another way we can just, the load can get right to the limit real fast. We commit to all kinds of things. Over, we take on things that are never that God never wanted us to. We never prayed about one of them. And so the first bullet point there is we can say no. Paul reminded the Corinthians, everything's permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial. You and I can say no. Let's practice saying it once right now where it's safe, okay? One, two, three. No. One more time. No. Some of you wouldn't do it. Way to, way to say no. Good job. Okay, anyway. Um, but the idea is simply this. Can I say no? Do I have to take on everything? Do I have to live up to everybody's expectations? See how it ties in again? Who's setting the yes in my life? Am I depending on God to give me direction? Or am I just depending on circumstances and everybody else's opinion of me? Who am, I, who am I yoked to? And Jesus says, be yoked to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The one you're trying to drag around, that'll kill you. We can delegate tasks to capable people. I'm not the only one who can do things. Neither are you. We can allow extra time to get places. Some of you need to put two stars by that one, okay? We live in a totally unrealistic world. we got a meeting that goes till 9.30, and the other one starts at 9.30, and they're eight miles apart, and we've allowed no travel time. Well, how is that going to happen? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, traffic in Millbrook today it was terrible. Millbrook? I mean, we blame the weather. We blame all these things. And the truth is we just never allowed any time to get there. I mean, what if we did? Man, all of a sudden, peace and health. We can even set aside time weekly to plan the week ahead. When people ask you, where do you come with these points? I just write down all the things I need to hear out of the Bible, and you guys get to listen, okay? I know we need to deal with this one. Listen to this scripture here. This is Proverbs 21.5. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you farther behind. 
Can we read that one together, please? Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. And yet we live in a world where that's the last thing we're going to do. So think if we put this all together. Think if I said, hey, Lord, I'm going to spend daily time with you. And from that, I've been convinced I need to have a, a Sabbath day. And part of that Sabbath day, my spouse and I are going to get our calendars. We're going to plan the week ahead. We had time for it because we took time. And now all of a sudden, hey, because we've worked this out and I've been able to delegate some things, you'll do this and I'll do that. I do have time to help somebody when they have a need. And I won't be overcommitted. I won't be stressed about it. I'll be rejoicing. And so now all of a sudden margin looks like usefulness. Margin looks like health. Margin looks like peace. Margin looks like usefulness. Usefulness. But how am I going to be useful if I'm stressed out, worried, afraid, and I don't have any time? I'm not useful. And neither are you. Point D. We can live within our means. I mean, this is a big source of stress for us. We, first of all, we can balance our accounts. Proverbs 27. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Riches don't endure forever. I mean, are we going to find out how much money we have in the bank by waiting until the overdraft comes? Is that really the way we want to live? No. I mean, we need to manage our accounts, balance them, make sure do we have enough money to pay for this and sit down and talk through things. We can establish a budget, and that's just a plan. It's a plan for income and spending so that we don't outspend our income. We can start saving for an emergency fund. And then the money will be there when the refrigerator goes out. Then the money will be there when the radiator needs to be repaired. We have an emergency fund. We've expected things to happen. Remember Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. I mean, this world, we will have tooth decay. Well, we should put some money aside for visits to the dentist. And we can give thanks, or we can meet with a financial advisor. Don't want to skip that one. We can give wisdom. We're not the first people to live. And there are lots of people with great financial advice. And we can give thanks for what we already have. First Timothy 6 6 says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And so if I'm willing to live God's way, all of a sudden I can have contentment. Maybe I don't have to upgrade every single thing every year. Maybe I can say, Lord, I thank you for what I've got. And God, do I need this? And I pray about the purchase before I make it, not, oh, Lord God, please help me make the minimum payment. But that means I come to him every day. And I take one day a week where I have time now. There's time to plan and pray, even go over a budget. Why wouldn't that be a good thing to do on a day when I'm trying to honor the Lord and surrender to Him? Finally, we can mend relationships. We can mend relationships. You talk about something that eats up disk space. We can forgive someone who's hurt us. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Paul wrote the Colossians this. Remember, 
the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Well, why would the Lord want to see that? Well, first of all, why would we accept forgiveness from the Lord and then not pass it on? But secondly, man, if, I don't, if I'm not willing to forgive, boy, you talk about bitterness. You talk about something that's going to weigh me down and just put a heavy load. Man, I can't even think straight. Same thing's true with the next bullet point. We can apologize for someone whom we've hurt. Apologize to someone we've hurt. If I have a guilty conscience, I don't want to talk to you and you don't want to talk to me. Thirdly, we can be kind to someone who's been unkind to us. Really chafed us how rude somebody was to us last week or last month at work. Well, if we repay that with kindness, we have an opportunity to do something proactive about that and show them that we're, we're not what they thought. And finally, we can schedule the painful conversation that we've been avoiding. How do you know if you've been avoiding forgiveness, avoiding apologies, avoiding being kind to somebody who's hurt you? If you're going down aisle five at the grocery store and you see the other person around the corner and all of a sudden you're going down aisle six, even though you don't need anything on aisle six, don't look at me like you haven't done it. We've all done it. We have. Oh, there now, I'm not going there. Why? Because then I'm going to have to deal with a painful situation and I don't want to. And can you imagine if we allow painful situation after painful situation after apology, after forgiveness, after confrontation that didn't happen, after this, after that, after that, how big a load we're carrying, and now we're at our limit. And how do we know we're at the limit? Because then one person does one thing. They take a parking spot that we were supposed to get, and we get out of our car and let them have the riot act. What happened? What happened was my load was at my limit and I can't handle one more thing and you're the last straw on the camel's back and it broke. That's not how God wants us to live. There's no margin. And so what else would there be? Well, right here, if we do this, there would be better relationships. Why on earth would I want to yoke myself with Jesus? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He knows where he's going. I have no clue. And neither do you. And if I do, he'll show me how to have margin in my life. He'll tell me when to speed up. He'll tell me when to slow down. He'll tell me when to rest. And he'll kick me in the tail and tell me to get going. Because I'm yoked to him. I don't have to be afraid in a confrontation because he's going to go with me. I don't have to be afraid that even if it's hard to do that, I'm doing the right thing because he's guiding me. Well, how did I know that? I spend time with him every day. And he loves me. And what would I gain from it? Oh, just health and peace and usefulness and contentment and better relationships. That's all. I want that, and so do you. Can we pray about this? Father, I just thank you for Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, that he, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And forgive me, Lord, for the times that I have run ahead of you. Forgive me, Lord, for the times I never even consulted you before I made a purchase or committed to something. Forgive me for the times, Lord, I hung on to something for years when all I needed to do was let go of it and let you handle it. Forgive me, Lord, for being careless with my money. Forgive me, Lord, for being careless with my time. 
Forgive me, Lord, for not setting an alarm clock to get up and spend some time with you. Every time I do, you give me something that I can use that day. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will spoken to us today about things we need to hear. You do not want us to live stressed out lives. I pray, Lord, we will not be afraid of strapping ourselves in with you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, the one who died for us, the one who forgave us for all our sins, the one who promised to always be with us, the one who's overcome the world. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Things that-